Okay, time for a new talk, new parcha. Give a few minutes. Definitely. Let's go. So in this week's Parsha, Parsha Chayisara, after the death of Sarah, we find the story of Avram sending Eliezer to find a wife for Yitzchak. And as we know, every single word, every single letter, even every single crown, every single tag in the Torah has a meaning. Yet in this week's Parsha, we see a very long, repetitive story of Eliezer telling the family of Rivka what exactly happened with him and how he ended up eating with them that meal. And the big question about this is why? Why does the Torah repeat the entire conversation, the entire story that Eliezer is telling Betuel and Lavan and their family. And not only that, if we look at Rashi, Rashi brings the Midrash in the name of Rabbi Acha that says, saying the conversations of the slaves of the Avadim of the Avot is nicer, is prettier than actual Torah taught by sons. And this makes the question even bigger. What's so special about this conversation, about the story of Eliezer telling the story over to Betuel and Lavan? Why does this get such a big emphasis in the Torah in this week's Parsha? It's a very interesting Rashi in the Midrash. In general, what does that even mean to say it's more beautiful than Torah Tanshil Banim. I understand you're trying to explain why are we putting so much emphasis. Say it's more important. It's more beautiful. What does that even mean? But I think that understanding that point of what does the Midrash mean by beautiful will also help us understand the essence and what the Midrash and Rashi and the Torah is teaching us here. We actually see this same concept of Yafav, more beautiful, in a famous Mishnah in Avot that Rabbi Yaakov says, one hour of tshuva and good deeds is more beautiful than all of the world to come. That's a very strange thing to say. I mean, you can say it's very important, you can say it's great, but what does that mean? It's more than, it's greater than, but maybe it's not saying that it's greater than. What is beauty? What does it mean that something is more beautiful? We think about it. Beauty is always when you create harmony from different things, even contradicting things. You know, if you think of a painting, if it's all in one color, it's not very beautiful. Only when you mix contradicting things and you mix it in a way where they create one form, they create one picture, one beautiful scene, that's when you achieve beauty. Same as with music. If you have a song with just one note, it won't be very beautiful. But if you take different notes and you manage to put them together perfectly so each one has its place and it creates harmony, that's beauty. I think we can say the same thing here. When we're saying that Rabbi Yaakov says that there's more beauty in one hour of tshuva and ma'asim in this world versus the next world, he's saying, you know, the next world can be great, can be very important, can be much higher and greater than this world, but it doesn't have the contrast of this world. It doesn't have the beauty of this world. The beauty of this world is the ability to bring godliness into this world as this. We know we have uh, many poems we say in Yamim Noraim, which I refer to this, where they talk about the greatness of the Malachim, but then they turn and say, you know, but God wants our tefillot, God wants our deeds, God wants our tshuva. Because we are complicated, because we are part of this world, because we are physical, that contrast creates that beauty. So tshuva umasim tovim in this world, that's beautiful. It could be great next world, but beauty is created when we're able to bring together godliness in this world and create that beautiful picture. And that's really what's so special about all these stories of Avram Avinu. When we go on to Shemot, and even more when we go to Vaikra and on, Torah has some stories, but has many, many halal 
halachot, many, many mitzvot, and we learn from every detail of mitzvah. But how to bring godliness into this world? How to have it not just something that's in the Beit Midrash, something that we learn about. How to bring godliness into this world in the most natural way. This is something we learn from Avram Avinu, and we see it shining through this story of Eliezer. Every word that comes out of his mouth is in Muna. You see how he looks at everything. He sees many random things happen, and he sees it all as this beautiful picture coming together that God is painting for him, and he's in awe by it. And this is the Talmud of Avram Avinu. So although we can learn many great halachot later on, but the beauty of being able, and this is our duty in this world, the beauty of being able to bring godliness into this world, to bring Torah and not leave Torah just in the books, to bring it into our own lives, into our everyday lives. This is something that we learn from Avram Avinu and from Avram Avinu's influence and Tamidim. And this is the beauty of the Olam It's the beauty of Tshuva Umasim Tovim in this world. Right, and I think like you're saying, the beauty comes out of Eliezer's words as we see Hashem's influence. We see Hashem being there almost in every single sentence in Eliezer's story, also when it happens and also when he tells it over. And as we see at the end of the story, Betuel and Lavan, I have to admit, there's nothing else we can say. There's nothing else we can do. And like you said, Eliezer is a mimic of Abraham. Eliezer was 100% Abraham's influence, 100% the influence he got in the house of Abraham and Sarah. And again, there's no bigger evidence for that influence. Lavan and Betuel themselves, the Rishoyim, and having them say, there's nothing else we can say. It's obvious that God is here. And like you said, maybe also the reason it's prettier than the actual Torah of the sons is because in life, you can read many books and you can learn many lessons, but there's nothing like the actual lessons that we learn in the real world, the actual learning that happens from real encounters, from the experience that we go through during our life, throughout our life. And we've both spent years in yeshiva and we've both have spent quite some time in the business world. And with all the lessons that I felt I've learned in yeshiva, I think the greater lessons I actually learned were in the real world, in the business world outside. Understanding that when you sit in that crossroad, when you're sitting by that well, you're turning to Hashem and asking for his help. And when on the other hand, sometimes things don't go the way you wanted them to go. Sometimes things don't happen the way you wanted them to happen, but you learn to deal with it with the understanding that that too is from Hashem. And you know, there's a phrase that we've discussed with each other in the past, coined by Nisim Talib, and is used by many economists and people in the business world called the narrative falsy, which basically says that many occurrences that happen in life can't really be explained. Many situations in life are a sheer coincidence. And since they can't be explained, people tend to create narratives that tie those occurrences together, that weave a thread between everything that happened in order to explain that narrative. Now, this narrative falsy is used to explain that sometimes there's no narrative. Sometimes we can't explain and sometimes it is a coincidence. But as we know, as Jewish people, that in Hebrew, coincidence is mikre. And we know the famous saying that mikre is the letters rak me Hashem. It's only from God. And in Hebrew, there is no coincidence. Coincidence is only from Hashem. The chaos is not chaos. Hashem is always there. Some people call it coincidence. Some people call it luck. We call it siyadi dishmaya. Hashem is always there weaving the thread between the situation, between the occurrences. And it's up to us to find it. It's up to us to see it. And it's up to us to spot it out and call it out. And just like Eliezer was doing and is doing in this partial again and again and again. And as we know, editors and storytellers, when they tell a story of a business, when they tell a story of how great things occurred and happened, they like to leave that luck aspect on the side and leave those coincidences without telling them because they don't create a nice narrative. They have to fill in the gap of the narrative to tell a better story, to paint a better story. But the exact opposite is what Eliezer teaches us. He teaches us that the narrative is actually full of holes. We can't see the entire situation. Sometimes we can't see this thread weaving between the different situations. Yet we have to believe that Hashem is the one threading everything up together. Hashem is paving the road for us. And again, it's up to us to spot it. It's up to us to recognize it. And just like Eliezer is doing, it's up to us to thank Hashem once it's done.
one and to recognize that everything is from Hashem. And as Betuel and Avan say, Hashem So based on what you're saying, it's not only Chazal seeing the beauty in Eliezer and in Avram Avinu, it's Eliezer himself seeing the beauty in what may seem to others as complete chaos. He sees how all these details come together. And you know, when we read the story, it seems like obvious. Oh, of course he recognized Hashem. Look, it was an obvious miracle. There's a famous joke of someone driving downtown Tel Aviv and he has no parking spot and he starts davening to Hashem, you know, please, I really need a parking spot. If you give me a parking spot, I'll donate a large sum of money to Tzedakah. Suddenly, just as he finishes saying that, a car drives out and he drives right in and he says, no, God, it's okay. I found the parking spot. You know, being able to recognize that sometimes is not that obvious because we see that chaos, as you said, as opposed to being able to see the beauty in how all these details come together as Eliezer does see. Exactly. And as we've said several times here on the channel, and also as the world has lost a giant this week, not only the Jewish world, but the entire world. And one of the great ideas that Rabbi Sachs would always talk about was the idea that we are the story that we tell about ourselves. There's an intrinsic link between the narrative and our identity. And like you said, recognizing the story that the Mikre is Rach Hashem, that things that happen to us are actually happening because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants them to happen. And seeing HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the story that is happening to us is part of our narrative and is what Eliezer teaches us throughout this parsha, throughout this entire long story, that everything that happens is actually Siyadah Dishmaya. And we have to believe that the path we are walking down is the path that Hashem is laying out for us and is walking with us throughout the entire path. Go ahead. This is actually very beautiful too. Go ahead to you and good Shabbos and we'll talk again next week. More Talking Torah videos on different topics, check out our YouTube channel.